The message you're about to listen to is from Pentecost International Worship Center. PIWC Accra is a ministry of the Church of Pentecost. We pray that the entrance of the Word of God would bring light and impart understanding to your hearts. And now, the message for today. Speaking to us, interacting with us, is no other person. Reverend Joseph Osafuodu, head of Department Psychology, University of Ghana, and head of the counseling unit of our church and head office. Let's receive Reverend Professor Joseph Osafuodu. Mental health, emotions, and family life. Critical resources for effective Christian living. Now, I'm going to I'm going to try to put what I'm going to talk about into perspective for you to first appreciate where I'm coming from. But before then, can you lift up your right hand with me? And let's take a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you the glory. We ask you to have a way our hearts have a way in our minds be the blessing be a blessing to our spirit glorify yourself in everything that we do in the name that is above every other name Jesus the son of God Amen This is my 22nd year of practicing as a psychologist. I've had very interesting experiences. And I've also had very interesting experiences as a Christian preacher. Incidentally, this is since 1990. So how many years now? 32 years. So that, this is also my 32nd year of ministering as a preacher. And a few weeks ago, I was just having a reflection on Christian experience as we lead it in this part of the world. And my conclusion was accentuated by someone who came sharing with me certain common narratives. I'm going to share with all of you. So, a typical narrative goes like this. I have been a believer. I love the Lord. I do everything that the Bible asks me to do. I pray. I fast. In fact, some will add, I fast. But nothing seems to be happening to me. Every attempt I make, I don't move forward. I have gone to various places praying and seeking the face of God. And asking God questions why things are going this way. In fact, say, I have thought of giving up my faith. And I thought like I should talk to you. That's one typical narrative. Maybe be another narrative. And this often happens when young women marry. Then they will come and say, well, I don't know what is happening. I, I spent time because I was told that if you take your time and marry, the Lord will open the door for you. And I've married. 
and yet I don't have a child. In fact, I married as a virgin and I knew ladies who were doing stuff. But as soon as they married, twins, triplets. Another narrative that is related to this one goes like this. I am still a virgin. I'm 34, 35. Some can even say 41. I've never married. I was told that commit thy ways into the hands of the Lord and he shall direct your path. And I have done that over and over and over. I'm tired. In fact, one told me, I have decided anybody who wants my body, I'll give it to him so that I can mother a child. I'm tired. I'd like you to follow me carefully on these narratives because they resonate with your experience as a believer. Another narrative goes like this. I have been given offerings, tithes, man of God, and But anytime the pastor comes, my elder comes, and say, oh God, I give, but I don't see the results. I don't see the results. Now, the challenge in this part of the world is that we have always often felt that the Christian spiritual experience is divorced from emotional and mental health. And so people feel if you pray more, if you pray more and you are fasting more, you are mentally sound. But that's not the point. In fact, some extensive level of prayer can be a reflection of a mental torture. And that the only thing that can keep you well is to keep doing that. Otherwise, you need a certain level of understanding in God to understand that this fallacy of fairness, we have a certain thought we call fallacy of fairness. The fallacy of fairness is that, that the world must be fair to you. Everything must be fair. I'm a believer. And so, uh, somebody came quoting me, Psalm 91. He said, sir, do you believe in Psalm 91? I said, what is that? Then he started reading. He that dwell at the secret place of the Mosad shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. He began quoting our squire. I said, mm-hmm. Then he said, now do you believe it? I said, yeah, I believe. He said, me, I don't believe it again. He said, I don't believe it. I said, why? He said, because the activation of the scripture always leaves me depressed. Anytime I activate, I get the other side of it. I say, he that dwell at the secret place of the most high, and yet I feel so vulnerable, my cover appears blown away. The Christian experience comes with a certain level of understanding that we need. If we don't get this understanding we have an impression that there is no God and God doesn't love us. There's something we call spiritual crisis. I'll explain. That God doesn't love us. And so, I have met people and they are living a life of anxiety in the faith. It is, when we are praying, the prayer is driven by anxiety. There is no calmness in your spirit. Now, look, you don't need to shout and scream. Lord, if you don't do this one, I met a woman. He said, 
I saw that the woman was touching. She was traumatized. The Hello. You see, when we are talking about your mental health, we're talking about that synergy that should occur between the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act. The ability to coordinate your thinking and your emotions and your actions in a way that, that makes you very, very able to do what you should do and have the sound mind. Don't forget that God wants you well. Now God, it's not just about, you know, I pray and fire comes down. That even the man that prays for fire to come down was touching. After praying for the fire to come down, the guy said, I want to die. Then the Lord saw that the guy needed food. So he gave him food. But after eating, he went back to sleep. Then he came back and slapped his back. Hey, causing financial loss to the kingdom. Get up. Hit him. Bang. Then he said, eat for the journey is long. But the Bible says after he has eaten, he moved in the power of the bread. That his speed was more than a horse. By the time the king had gotten to the other in Jezreel, the man was carried across by the power of the bread. God wants you well. Your mental health can constrain you. It can shackle you. The way you think, and I've been talking about some of the cognitive distortions that we have. The way you feel, the way you behave. See, the Bible, most of the time, as Pentecostals, we focus more on conduct. That's, that's Pentecostals. Conduct. Moral conduct. A lot of our preachings are about conduct. I was telling somebody as Pentecostals, I was telling somebody as something like that. But there are all kinds of problems we have. So we sometimes don't look at them. We don't look at the way sometimes we think. As a man think it. Nothing defines your life more than the way you think. And that is why the New Testament you see, the entire New Testament could be seen as a coaching document. It's a coaching document. Why do I say so? When you are born again, you are beginning a walk with the Lord. Your spirit is birthed afresh. You and God are reconnected. The Eden experience where God had access to you and could come to man is restored. So God could come to you, but you are now going to begin a walk. Tell a friend, you are beginning a walk. So you are beginning a walk with God. And that beginning of that walk with God comes with all kinds of difficulties, challenges. And so one of the biggest questions in gospel and culture and theology is how does the Christian live his life in his culture? 
Because he two things. Number one, Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, Father, they are in the world. But protect them from the evil one. So when you are born again, you are in the world. Think about that. But when you go to Ephesians chapter 2, he says that we are far above. We are seated in the heavenly places. First, he says, he made us alive. And then he says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. Now, when you get this picture, you can see that in the New Testament, after born again, you are told that you are in the world. But on one hand, the scripture is telling you that you are living in a certain level. There is that disconnect. How do you live your life as a believer in the world with all its difficulties, challenges, hard times, distress, and then at the same time, keeping your gaze onto him, looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That disconnect can really, really offend you. It can break you. So many of us have all kinds of stuff. When I do a dream analysis, recently I was just looking at, listening to some dreams. I believe in spiritual operations. I believe in gift of the spirit. But for some time, I decided to just analyze the dreams of some of my members. There's a particular dream that will be coming over and over and over and over and over. Man of God, you know, today when I went to bed, I had a dream. A horse was chasing me. This was chasing me. That was chasing me. As soon as the person gets some financial breakthrough, all the chasing is stopped. So I said, oh, by the grace of God, yesterday in my dream, I saw I was standing on a mountain. Everything was green. <laughs> How did money in your pocket change the content of your conscious mind or unconscious mind? Think about that. Think about that. I saw a young lady who said, man of God, I need a job. I need a job. I don't know. I've been praying. Yesterday, you know, when I was praying, suddenly I saw four beings ahead of me and I saw 77 dwarfs. I said, hey, he didn't see ten dwarfs. He didn't see five dwarfs. A mighty go song and song. Seventy-seven dwarfs. I said, "What were they doing?" Man of God, they were fighting me. And I said, "Hey, I will not allow it. I will break through. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God." To the now, all of these are good. But when I sat down and analyzed, I realized that. She's getting distressed mentally. You know that when you get distressed, your dream content will change. So I held her hand and prayed for her. I said, share your CV with me. She shared that. I began to send her across. A few weeks after, she secured a job. Not as she's expecting, but at least something to just keep her. Suddenly, the job she secured was enough to exercise satanic plots. Suddenly, when I met her, I said, ah, oh, indeed, the Lord is God. So, you see, when in Matthew 6, when Jesus was teaching, giving us a guide on how to pray, that phrase, give us this day our daily bread. You see, minus daily bread, Listen, gentlemen, minus daily bread. 
Look, you can meet somebody at the door and there's no deliberate. And you say, praise the Lord. You say, huh? Some, some forget it. I'm telling you someone, praise the Lord. You say, but others say, hallelujah, how are you? Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hand. Uh, come on. Say, say, Father, lead me no temptation. But, but deliver me from all evil. Come on and slap your hands and give him praise. So you see, our mental health, three parts. First, your thoughts. Your thoughts. As I want to check the New Testament, Paul spoke a lot about thoughts. In fact, in Romans 12, when he was talking about the renewing of your mind, there were two, uh, two key words that I used. The first is the word conform. He said, do not conform. Come and say conform. Now, when you say cum, it's a Latin, from form. It means you are staying in a form. So, for example, this particular bowl, if you want to fill it with a liquid, that can congeal, and then you pull it out. You will see that that element or that substance that congeals and comes out will take the form of the bowl. Right? Now, Paul says, when you are born again, and you are a believer, one of the things you should not do is to stay in a form. In other words, don't let the form of the things around you in your environment to shape you according to how the environment wants you to think. Then he goes and says, rather be ye trans. Trans means go beyond the form. Be transformed. So go beyond the form. And so there are thoughts about how life is lived. There are ways of thinking in this world. But he says, go beyond the thoughts. So be it transformed. And he never said, by the way you dress. He never said, by your skin. He never said, by your pocket. He said, be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word mind includes your emotions, your will, your thoughts. The way you think about issues. Hello. You're thinking. You're thinking. I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. It's a text we read a lot. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see. All I have need, and I answer provide. I want to pick a few verses. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, Labahasha guys. Oh Lord, my Father, ah, there is no shadow. Lord of death, ah, thou change yet not thy compassion, they fail not. For oh, great is 
Mandibo Lebrashi Kitayabaha. Great is On in my morning, new mercies I see. Ah. All I have need. Come on, lift up your right hand with me. Magabahala Brandes. In a body with an evoked potential for explosive or guarded emotion, because of what you are feeling, the Lord heals you right now. The Lord heals you. Thoughts. Thoughts. Thou shalt know the truth, and the truth. And so, may knowledge release you. Tell a friend, may knowledge drive your redemption. One more time, repeat. Tell the person, may knowledge drive your redemption. So, we break all kinds of ignorance. So, let's, let's go to numbers. I'd like you to just focus on the way they were thinking. Alright, so, this is Moses getting close to the land. Promised land. And he has selected spies, men to go ahead and check what is on the land. Give us a feedback. This is a land the Lord met me in Numbers chapter 3 and told me that I'm sending your people to a good land, a spacious land, a land flowing with, with honey and milk. Just go and bring me feedback. Let's go and check. So let's speak the kind of report that they brought. Let's see. What was the report? So let, let's start from the verse, verse 28. But the people who live there, so they have come and they are giving the report. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. I'd like you to pay attention to this narrative. You see, when people are speaking in superlatives, be careful. Anytime somebody is telling you and he uses words like very, powerful, strongest, they are, they are using the highest level of words to describe what they saw, there are only two things that are happening. It's either they, they are giving you an exaggerated, caricatured, catastrophic picture. Be careful. When you send somebody and say, hey, daddy, hey, yeah, 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 You see, it is very possible that when they went there, they saw the Anakites. And in fact, the Bible records it. That the Anakites were there. Yes. But what you see here is a particular thought pattern. It's a thought pattern that overestimates challenges and rather minimizes the resources available to you. Think about it. It overestimates challenges. And so, sometimes in life, what breaks our mental health is, is the overestimation of the problem. 
The problem is overestimate. You, are, you overestimate the problem. This one I can. What the Bible say? I can do all things. And it is a moderated version of that because he says, I can do all things. But he gives you an agency. And the agency is through Christ. So that is not me, but it is Christ. That, that, that kind of thinking modulates your emotions. It modulates your emotions. So you know, you know that you're not going to say, say, I can't do it. You know that, well, I know it's a challenge, but uh, the Lord is with me. That's how to think. Hello? Tell a friend, that's how to think. They came back and they said, ah, they are powerful. And look, this is the first level of their thinking. And we will see where this thinking is leading them to. A thought that comes to you is like a droplet of water at the tip of your finger. If you allow that particular droplet of water to drop on the surface of water in a bowl, what you see is what they call ripple. One thought can create in your mind rippling and the rippling has the power to inundate every positive thought you have. Because see, the human mind is wired to be negative. That is its default state. Your mind is already wired to be negative and so if you add onto it, the Bible says to your faith, and you to your faith, you are adding negativity, you are in trouble. So when you add onto it, you have made a mess of the whole thing. Hello? Tell a friend, check the way you think. Somebody was praying and praying, Father, open the door. Father, open the door. And he says, but at the, at, at the back of my mind, the door will not open. The door will not open. The door will not open. The door. My work brings me closer to people. And I understand their narratives. When I hear from them, so, I've been, pray- oh, I've been praying, but I don't really know whether the prayer I'm praying is the right one. Because sometimes when I pray, I really don't believe that I have prayed. Hello? Look at it. Come on, say, but. That word, but, is a conjunction. It means that prior to this statement, they had a statement that contradicts this one. Is that right? So, let's go back. Listen to this. And this is the next wrong thought. We call it filtering. Telephone filtering. You see, to filter is to focus. I mean, there may be so many positive things in a particular situation, but your mind leads you to focus on only one single negative and all the other things They gave Moses this account. We went to the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Then they gave an evidence that if you want to know what we saw, that's the evidence. I thought that this should be enough. This should be enough. Then you will see that in the, in the rest of the narrative I'm going to give you, the people rather focused on the negatives 
they saw so many negative. Now, if a land flows with milk and honey and the fruit are good, this should be enough. Is that right? Okay, but let's see. We've seen the first one. Let's see what... Oh, great is your faithfulness. Lift up your hands and say, Father, please help my life. Now, let's look at the verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, Did they fight them? Did they test your strength? What do you think is happening here? Fear driven by an overestimation of what you see. Please, guard what you see and how you see it. Did you fight with them? Uh, no. Did you test their muscles? Do they have bones? <laughs> we can't attack those people. And I can't tell you how many lives have been ruined by a defeatist mentality as this. I have met a young lady who tells me, I can't do well in school, so I've stopped. Did you start the program? No, I did not. So why did you stop? I know myself. I have met a student who told me, said, you know, I'm going to write this exam, but I know that I'll fail. Have you studied? Yes, I've studied. But why do you think you'll fail? Because I know myself. Please listen to me on this point. Nobody is very agentic in your life, most powerful in your life, who can organize the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you behave than yourself. In fact, you are master of your destiny. You only believe in God to help you. You are master of your destiny. And so I, I don't want to try this. And many of us hide behind prayer. Oh, man of God, you know, I've been praying. When you pray, go and work. Man of God, you know, this is my 40th day. Of, I saw a young man. He said he will be 90 days. I said, how many days did you just do? He said, 40. Now he said, man of God, greater works. He said, greater works. So he's multiplying. So when he was done with 90 days, I said, yes, what has happened so far? I haven't seen anything yet. I say, I won't discourage, but I want to tell you that deep religious zealotry is not Christian faith. You see, the Christian faith is knowledge in working with God. Knowledge, and, and Paul was so much about this. In Ephesians, he talked about knowledge. I pray that the Lord will give you inside knowledge that you will understand. Understanding to have insight in how things work in the kingdom is redemptive. I've seen many young people who are depressed because the way they understand how things work in the kingdom is erroneous. You know, Father, I pray to If every prayer can be answered, every prayer is answered, <laughs> then there's no faith. I'm telling you. Look, one aspect of faith is that sometimes you must be denied in life to test the reality of the divine. Let me repeat. Let me repeat. Sometimes, you must be denied in life to test the reality of the divine. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell him. Does the Lord heal? 
How do you know he heals if you're not sick? Is he a God of breakthrough? How do you know he will break through if you have not been hampered or encumbered? Is he a God of a second chance? How do you know that if you have not lost a first chance? Look, in the kingdom, negative occurrences are always signals that the divine can work again in your life. We have to be careful about this. The guys came back and all they did was suggest we cannot attack. Your thoughts. After leaving this place, you go angry. Some of us only come to church just to have our emotions, you know, watered down a little bit. But I can tell you, nothing controls your emotions, nothing controls your conduct than your thought. A man is defined by how he thinks first, not how he feels. Your thoughts, they are a master of your emotions and your conduct. Look at the verse 32. And they spread among the Israelis a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, hey, anybody <laughs> Come on, say they spread the news. This is what we call negativity contagion. When one man's mind can infect millions. So somebody says something to you and it has shaped your life. There is what we call the pillars of your mind. The pillars of your mind are very stringent, inflexible conclusions in your mind that you do not want to change. Forever, oh Lord. Your word is certainly heaven. This one, your thoughts are settled on your mind. You don't want to change. It, it, it's so inflexible. Very strong thoughts. You don't want to do anything about it. The people spread. And then you get this negativity contagion all over. People hold on to it. They, yeah, he said this, he said that, blah, blah, blah. But the very land you reported as flowing with milk and honey. Now you say the land devolves. Now, this kind of thinking is what we call catastrophizing. Tell a friend, catastrophizing. To catastrophize is to think about some negative things in its worst forms. For example, somebody can see um, maybe some kind of laceration on the body and say, hey, cancer, 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 cancer. Lord, I rebuke cancer. I cancel. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. And every tongue that lift up itself against me in judgment, I condemn. And then they begin to quote the scripture. They say, hey, devil leave my house. Devil leave my house. I have seen people praying and casting out cockroaches. Mice, I'm telling you. They were casting them out. This is catastrophizing. I mean, what kind of thinking is this? The land divorced eight people. Now, if the land divorces a people, logical thing, think with me, then they shouldn't see any human being. There. Because the land divorced. So they should go to a land where no human being lives there. Papa, we went to the land. By the grace of God, it's a conquered land. We did not find anybody. You were telling us that you found some people there. And yet you say, he divorced those living there. Place your right hand on your mind. Many dreams have died because we have catastrophized. 
We have overgeneralized. We have exaggerated issues. Marriages have collapsed. Man of God, my husband is a beast. And I'm telling narratives I have heard. Madam, why is he a beast? The last time he came home and I was trying to hug him and then he just avoided me. How does it make him a beast? Wow. Madam. No, but if he's not a beast, how can he just ignore my emotional expression? Oh. Somebody came to me and said, Nikolo, why treat me? I told her, Madam, that's the door. Go. Place your hand on your mind. Pray for just 30 seconds. Tell the Lord, free the pillars of my mind. Any chain on my mind, free it. Free it. Free it. Please open your eyes. Look at verse 33. If you catastrophize, today I want to tell you that you are destroying your life. Catastrophizing always will create in you high levels of anxiety. If you met or you meet people who are extremely anxious, they are often catastrophizers. They are all the time thinking about the worst scenarios. The worst. Why don't you do this? Hey, no, I don't want to try. Why not this? Hey, I don't want to try. And people have been left. Homes are breaking. Mothers and fathers have no relationship together. Why don't you talk to him? Hey, he won't listen. Who said so? He won't listen. Make time and communicate. She won't listen. Catastrophizing. Listen, gentlemen. In my little life and a Christian life, one of the things I've seen that works is that please open your mind and be flexible. Tell a friend, be flexible. A mind that works drives a life that grows. When you meet people who are not growing, don't check about their background. Engage their thoughts. That's where the issue is. It's not about where we are. And I'll be talking about some of the things in our culture that hold you down. And in the mandate of the name of Jesus, may you be freed. Tell a friend, I have to be free. The one thing about God is that, you know, at the time God chose Israel, there were high cultures better than them. Because of grace. That's why he told them, I didn't choose you because you are special. So, so many times they were described as stiff-necked. Imagine, you know, I'm here. Oh, Moses said, allow me to destroy them so I can raise a people from you. That's how stupid people. And yet, that is the force of grace. You see, if grace is working on those who are well educated, who are very fine, who have everything, then that's not grace, actually. Because grace always is coming from a higher end of perfection. 
and is looking at the other end of intense corruption. That's where you see grace working. That's what the Bible says that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. We seemed. Now, one of the greatest harm you can do to yourself is first reach a conclusion on yourself by your own life. And then you carry that conclusion as an imposition into the mind of someone. Presumption. So what you do is that you, you place it, we call it mind reading. You, you read people's mind about your life. I know that that's what you think about me when I haven't thought about that. And sometimes in marriages, you see women. I know, my husband, he thinks I'm sopping. And the man tells me, ah, you are not sopping. Oh, I know. And that's how you think. Mind reading. These guys turned themselves into mind readers. They were asked to go and bring a report. They went to the place, in fact, that's my story, somebody, these were the first parapsychologists I saw in the Bible. They went to the place and they were doing parapsychological analysis. You look at the guy, this guy cry, how does he see us? Don't say, huh? He sees us as that's what we say. Like that. Oh, I can see. When they were... You see, that is mind reading. Stop mind reading. Stop engaging in that cognitive distortion. Don't be reading the mind of your wife and your husband. And I know. I know that in this marriage. I'm all the time the bad person. I'm all the time the, the worst husband. I'm all the time the blah, blah, blah. And I know that that's how you think. Who said so? Somebody did the same thing and went to their boss. Boss, I'm here. I know that I am not very smart. And I know that you think like that. Then the boss, the boss said, all right, I have granted your wish. Leave my organization. Mind reading. We saw them and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Not only that, and we looked the same to them. How did you know? Were you on their minds? Hello. Let me address three quick things in this nation. A cultural issue. Lift up your hand again. Say, Father, touch the pillars of my mind. Say, say, say the third time. Say, touch the pillars of my mind and free my thoughts. One of the dangerous things that continues to afflict Africans is the thought of external agency that we all the time believe have manipulative powers to diabolically control us. And so many people believe that hey, there are Ebu Sanfo Moshe Kambu. First, no one will mention ya. Now, come Moshe, high heel. The Oba ka ka ka. Now, my friend, we join it. They say the Oba Moshe sneakers. The one thing, Oba me. And the day I saw an intellectual believing that. They've been there holding it down. I saw that, in fact, I'm doing a path. Hey, he wouldn't believe me. 
I prayed for him. I said, listen, try it. I said, no. There was a guy I prayed for. He came and said, man of God, pray for me because the devil is working. I pray. I said, Father, take authority. He said, man of God, and by the moon you do. My, 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 my oil and cope. We ain't too bad. My oil and cope. Hey! I said, no, no, no. No, we ain't too bad. I said, boy, maybe you should not Boy, Father, I, I kick, I destroy. I, I, I can't. He said, hey, hold on. Mm-hmm. Now I'm introducing the Ejeko style of prayer. I cut, I break. I break your neck. I twist. I twist your head to the back. I hit your waist. Say, man of God. There was one excuse. Say, I, I stamp on your balls. I crush them. He said, I crush them. He says, devil, well, you can't live here because it's crushed. You can't even walk. You can't walk. Please, listen to this part. The reality of evil is attested by scripture. There's nothing wrong in believing that we have an arch enemy and that we have grace to overcome that arch enemy. But there is everything wrong in making that arch enemy the centrality of your life and thought. Check it. Jesus had no time for the devil. He had no time for the devil. But many of us spend time and, and all kinds of relics and uh, painting our houses and, and oh my goodness I'm like, I say, this is slavery ah, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty I declare that liberty upon you now in the name of Jesus be free, tell a friend be free the belief that somebody is manipulating my life and sometimes when the Nigerians are acting this out you think that they are good and many of you have seen that particular video that went viral. When the pastor said, let us pray. Now God will bless Nigeria, bless our nation. And then he will okay, well, Father, you know, Nigeria, uh, Father Nigeria, you have to bless, you know, this nation. Uh. Then he said, let us pray for the world. That God's grace will abound to us, everyone. They say, well, Father, you know, you know the world already, uh, it's in your hands. Uh, it's in your hands, so uh, everything is fine. He said, now I want us to pray. That anybody who is sitting on our progress, anybody who is blocking us, some of them lifted the chest. I do not want your mind to be enslaved by the overabundant expressions of ideas on demonology and demons. Demons are there. I cast them out all the time when I pray. But I don't want them to become a focus. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and the contradictions of man. So there is a focus. Tell a friend, there is a focus. Do you know that in neuropsychology today, if you have a positive focus, it protects your mind from brain tumors and from Alzheimer's and dementia. If you have a focus, a positive, pristine Beautiful focus. Somebody was traveling and then the car broke down. Then he commanded the car, car move. Now I knew the person. I know that he doesn't service the car. He's a time of boss He doesn't check the oil, so he has actually run down. There was no oil in the engine. When he got there, he said, Pakabata paru sopete tete attire. Hey, devil, 
Then he just got out. He said, he come out of God. You see, I'm going here in the car. I said, take your time. Now, go to the stick and check if you have oil there. He said, I, I, I don't see it. I said, plug it in. Ah, man of God, it's like, I don't see it. I said, hey, where are you? I went there. Oil I took a gallon of oil. We poured it in. We crank. Hey, man of God. I said, mental slavery. Demonic slavery. Be be ayabon sam. Be be ayabon sam. Be be ayabon sam. And so let me tell you the impact of such thinking. The impact of such thinking is that people don't become responsible. There is always what we call externalization. They externalize, they blame others. You are responsible. Like I said, somewhere on the media, somebody I met somebody says, ah, me me. He didn't help me. I didn't move on. My life is in a mess. I say, okay, come, come, come. How old are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 48. Okay. Um, what for now? We bear how many years? Oh, oh uh, 22 years. Oh, yeah, dear pa. What for? Oh, 22 years ago. Where did 48? How many years extra? How many years extra? 26 years of your life. You are still blaming your father and your uncle in the grave. Shame unto you. You see, when we don't know how to engage resources in our lives properly, and we have no understanding of how things work, we are all the time externalizing. And for believers, the devil is the next blame. May the Lord free your spirit. I said, may the Lord free your spirit. You must enjoy your Christian life in Christ and in God. Now, nothing will break you. Lift up your hand with me right now. Nothing will break you. Enjoy your Christian life. Enjoy your Christian life. Enjoy your Christian life. Magalama Shadaboriambi. Just open your mouth for just a minute for me. Lebaru Shalamus. Abala babaraku yenili yesita yamanas. Anili mosayam viriam balusha bora baya gida rode. Masalabana. Ano yakado yabara baliana no sayam. Ani in the loser. Wako. Free your spirit. Tutaya kasidi mi kote pende Watani bahaka fianda lusha bonde Miko na salimaya Bagaruseli Watali 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 bado Free Amen 
Oh, somebody, you are laying your hands on the pillars of your mind right now. Something is eating you up. The Lord is setting you free right now. Oh, give me two minutes and lift up your hand for me. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Channels of my spirit open up. I am with the Father. Open up. No boundary, no limit. Open up. Let deep call unto thee. Let deep call unto thee. Open up. Channels of my spirit, channels of my spirit, open up. have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts. Somebody says, set your mind on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your minds on things above and not on any things. For you die and your life is not hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Father, look at the minds standing here. In the mind that is diseased, affected, traumatized, distressed, heal it right now. In the emotions entangled by the spirit of power, heal them now. I decree one more time. In the mind, any emotion entangled, I declare, heal them now. May your spirit, man and woman, be free. And may the power of God break you away from ignorance and decree. 
that may redemption release you from any shackle. Child of God, be free. Be free. Be free. Shalom. Peace. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the word of God through this message. If you desire to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You came to die because of my sins. I therefore accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. So help me, God. Amen. If you just said this prayer, we welcome you to the family of God. Are you looking to find a place of worship where there is relevant teaching, heartfelt worship, passion and action toward the unsaved, constant prayer, compassionate care for the needy, and honest Christ-centered relationships? Then join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome at the Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kokomlimli Accra. Join our Miracle Dawn service every Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. and our Friday prayer meeting, dubbed Cry Out, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact us on 0208-779-774-0277-144-128 and 0502-444-814. You can also visit our website at piwcacra.org to know more. And let's get interactive on all social media platforms at PIWC Accra. Thank you. Until next time. We pray that you would reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace. You are blessed.